0: hello my friends i'm here with nigel and alana today and we're talking about now being the worst time to play it safe this is a sentence being thrown around smes and business owners for the last few months with the covid 19 impact and we just want to break this down and work out how do we be the ones that are running towards the fire as everyone else is running away because if we can understand how to put our head on a swivel look around we'll find some opportunities and get through this bigger better and ready to go in the next few years. Hope you enjoy the chat. So, the core concept that we want to talk about today without being blatantly just, this is something that's nice to talk about, is this comment that I think must be frustrating a lot of people, which is, now is the worst time to play it safe. And there's, I mean, it's like throwing a drowning person a brick. Hey, just... Just because the world's coming down, now's not the time to play it safe. This is when you've got to go for it. You go for it. Go for it, girl. No, that is very frustrating for a poor SME owner that's cut their revenues, that the world is, they're trying to hold the world together with their bare hands. They're trying to fight for survival. And then people are going, no, now is the worst time to play it safe. It's annoying the hell out of me because I feel sorry for people who have no idea how to even interpret that. And, you know, Exactly. Throw, throw a drowning person another brick. I mean, really, without us defining this and going through it, I think this would frustrate people. And if if anything, probably discourage them for, for trying things. Because Alana, I mean, maybe I'll bring you straight into this now, which is, it's just a dumb comment, even though it's correct.
1: <laughs> it's the equivalent that whether or not you own a business you can relate to is it's really easy to make money. It is really easy to make money once you've got the money that you can start to commit and put things into. Yeah. But the start of that is the mindset of saving, um, equities, leveraging, all these small things that come into, yeah, it's really easy to make money when you've got the money to make the money with.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's, I've, just, if I, I, that's, I've had to train myself not to punch people in the face when they say how easy it is to make money it's not easy to make money at all. It is a very difficult thing if you haven't done it before or understand the process. And it's a good point. Let's put that down for another podcast because <laughs> that could get some some fiery comments. But uh, let's talk about this. And and Nigel, the same thing, which is we've got a whole lot of SMEs that are going through the biggest transition of probably their generation. Some of the older ones that you know people have been around the traps for a while would have you know, suggested this is similar to the GFC, but because we're in the middle of it at the moment, we actually don't know the ramifications. But what does it actually mean? Let's define this, which is why, what does not playing it safe actually mean? I think it's different for everyone. Hmm. So, Nigel, for you, I mean, you would have heard this a lot. I know you've been bringing a lot of this commentary back from the groups that you're involved in and things like that. But what is it in your
2: mind? So for me, again, as with most things nowadays, it's about definitions and that, na- that term, now is the worst time to play it safe. Safe being what you know because we've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks about people waiting for things to get back to normal and this, I think, ties in with that. By playing it safe means do the same things you always used to do to hold the, sh- the course until we get back to a place where the world comes back to match your course. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, for, for me, it's looking at um, the fact that we know that the world's going to be different in whenever we end this and so that the old rules actually aren't going to exist. And so we almost yeah. have to preempt what new rules could be there because if we play it safe, as Nigel said, it's not going to get us what we're here for. So it's that mindset shift as well.
0: Yeah, and I think the difficulty that SMEs have to come to terms with is putting your head in the sand is probably not going to be a strategy that's going to get you out of this. And that's you know that's the difficulty, which is you know it's the old ostrich or emu technique. Just don't whack your head in the sand and wait for the danger to pass. It's just not going to work like that with your business. So playing it safe is it can be miss. I guess, misconstrued as putting your head in the sand and just waiting for things to calm down. But you can't play it like that. And it's understanding that playing it safe means moving forward and innovating and looking at opportunities. Playing it safe, I think, is being, um, as I said, I think a lot of SMEs think play it safe is just surviving and then worrying about tomorrow, which is an important thing to do, by the way. But it, it can't be the strategy. It can't be and then we'll get back to what's going on because it's just not going to be that.
1: No, and I think if anyone's, as Tim mentioned at the start, a bit concerned about, well, I'm drowning, all I'm trying to do is survive, is the also really nice realisation that for the first time probably in a long time everyone out there is open to change. You're yeah. going to have few people pushing back if you try something new few people pushing back if you change a situation, a process or a structure that you can't really fail too bad now if you try something.
0: No, and, we, and I think we've discussed this in, in length in some of the other podcasts which is think about think about it in these terms. What would happen if you didn't have to change anything and you got the same clients back or customers back? You've got to ask yourself, is that the future of my business anyway? Is that client base the ones that you want to be dealing with? And you've got to think of a couple of the factors they have, which is, well, these aren't people that are open to change. These aren't people that are going to evolve. These are people who probably like what you are and you've got to work out, well, if my business is where I want it to be right now, that's great and see if we can get those people back or we can get more of them. But if you're in a client base that doesn't also want to evolve with your business, you're probably going to outgrow them at some point anyway as well. And you need to consider that transition. And this is a great time to consider that transition. It's not about saying goodbye to all your old customers because they're great. They've been helping us get to this point. But as a business, you have to outgrow customers, particularly in SMEs. It's
1: it's actually the dream of a business owner to either bring customers along for that journey and that ride and they grow with you and they want what you offer as you grow or that you can actually pass them on to someone else who's better suited to them because you've grown into a different sort of a client.
0: Yeah, and that, that can also mean that a customer loves what you're doing so much that they want more and more of your service or what your brand provides. I mean, if you look at people like Virgin and, and things like that, you have such a good experience in, say, an airline or, you know, not that they're having a tough time at the <laughs> moment, by the way, but it, you, I, I remember when I first flew Virgin Atlantic um, over to LA, I, I'd only ever flown Qantas and um, – you know a couple of the other Asian airlines, the um, Singapore Airlines and Cathay, and things like that. And I sat on Virgin, and it felt like a semi nightclub slash. It was just awesome. Like I just I sat there and go, this is really good. It made the whole thing. And I and it, it occurs to you when you with you going through all their brands that that's why you like the gyms, that's why you like the all the other providers. Why you give them a chance with their finance or bank, all these sort of things. And I just think that understanding the type of client you've got at the moment they are you're either going to evolve from them or they're going to want to buy more from you where you can evolve your business and that's really important thing to know now what do you do in this period if you're struggling to even have the energy to i guess not play it safe lana i mean where, where do you even begin If you have no idea, because as I said at the start, a lot of people are just holding on for dear life at the moment. It's very difficult to switch the mind to, I can't wait to innovate right now. You know the thing I want? More instability.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, that's a very big question. So I think maybe what I'll do is I'll share one of my favorite stories of innovation in a crisis. Yep. Um, And we can (laughs) use that as a jump off point. So there's a travel brand called Away and they do luggage.
0: Shout out to those guys. Plenty of sponsorship spots left here.
1: (laughs) 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 And Australians will be travelling around Australia very soon. Um, So the woman who created this, she had a big um, plan to get ready for her launch around Christmas time. Very long story short, she wasn't going to hit the mark. She just wasn't going to get her suitcases developed, but she'd done a lot of pre-orders on them because she's a brilliant marketer. And what she did in a nutshell was got a coffee table book done of travel, so beautiful photos, sent it to everyone who had done a pre-order, and within that coffee table book there was a, co- a voucher that pretty much gave them the luggage that they had pre-ordered for free. So she used the money for the coffee table book from all of the pre-orders and then made the people who had already ordered felt feel like they were getting something for free even though she missed the deadline of delivery um and obviously was also very honest about the fact that this is what had happened so everyone was very understanding they got this beautiful coffee table book they felt like they got their luggage for free and this had an amazing snowball effect for the brand which if you jump onto their instagram her innovation was this idea of okay we're screwed but to what level how can we not dig ourselves out of it how can we give our people value and certainty so that they will come back again, and we haven't tarnished the brand. And for me, that's just a really good example of going against the norm, yep. being innovative, and bringing it back to this idea of you. She didn't have a choice to play it safe because she would have lost her business.
0: Yeah, and I, it's it's a great, it's a really great story. And you know, there's the famous one with the Airbnb guys that did a cereal. Um, just to keep the cash flow going to to keep them. So innovating and doing things differently just to, I guess, it, it, they they were forced into not playing it safe because they would have lost their whole companies. And I think that whole thing is, well, it's just a different problem to solve, isn't it? It's not the one that's along your core business or the strategy you wanted to do. It's actually a new problem that comes up as part of it. And it feels like you're taking a massive sidestep, but it's actually the problem you have to solve right now to do what you want to do or build what you want to build in your company.
1: because the end goal for business is to survive and thrive. Yep. Now, we all can get caught up on what that looks like. So I have to make X amount of money through selling my digital services. But what if I didn't? What if for my business to survive and thrive, I took a little bit of a detour? And this is really what we're talking about when we look at this idea of counterintuitive decision making. If you're looking at it saying I have to sell my service to make money, you're not going to be able to take that route to sell a coffee table book to sell your luggage. But if you say what is it that I need to do to ensure the best for my business survival and ability to thrive, the opportunities open up to you.
0: Absolutely, and, and just being open to those opportunities because, I mean, you, you're you exactly right. Some of these things need an unorthodox solution. Some of the problems you need to solve are so outside the realm of norm that that's where your entrepreneurial spirit has to kick in. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to do a coffee book or I need to do something else because I can't operate in what I'm doing or I need to create new resources, whatever it is. It's, a, it's this whole idea of… I, you know what, I think it. let's take a step back. I think there's this whole idea of you need to own a niche, which is a very important principle in a lot of um, business development and being able to establish your brand when you're under-resourced. Be known for something because you'll be able to attract or market to those people really easily. So if you're a, an expert um, cleaner, for instance, well – if, I, if you're an expert gutter cleaner, anyone who needs their gutters done will know who to go to. If you've got a cleaner and a gutter cleaner and you need your gutters clean, well, someone can easily find your path, which is really big when you're establishing a business or you're self-funding a business. Some of these bigger companies we're talking about that have got investment, they can jump a few of these steps because people are investing on jumping those steps and, in, and basically marketing straight to those markets. But the whole idea of owning a niche is, is quite an important one on every level, but it's also one very badly done because a lot of self-employed people have taken the last decade of your personal brand is what you're selling. And that's why the world's full of these single person consultants selling high ticket items. You might've heard, or you might, if you've got any Facebook feed and you've ever clicked business, people are now targeting you. These high ticket you know, consultants that come in and, and, and basically They've changed the way that that word should be taken and niche and focusing on what you've done. When, you, when you're when running a business and you're saying, hey, this is what I'm focused on. This is what I got to do. People are very scared to do anything off the, I the guess, path. off the path because they feel like it's breaking the golden rule of not focusing on the niche. But part of the business and developing a company is doing all the things you can to go towards your strategic plan But through that process is where you find your right market fit. And this is the issue is being in the game, being in the ring, running a business is not about getting to exactly where you wanted to get. It is being in the game to work out, well, wait a minute. Actually, what we were thinking is better fit here or we can scale it differently by doing this or doing that. Most SMEs are so focused on that pathway and not deviating that they may be missing a bigger opportunity.
1: And a good example of this is butchers. Yep. Now, a butcher's here to give you meat or a butcher's here to help you feed your family. If butchers are here to give you meat, then shout
0: out to all the vegans. <laughs> I'm, it's probably an example we'll, we'll find a non um, murderous <laughs> one in a <America>. moment. <laughs> no, <no>, you'll see. <laughs> oh, you'll sorry if I jumped in too early. You've jumped oh, oh too early. my apologies. Of course I know you'd be more sensitive than that.
1: Um if you if you as a butcher are there to give people high quality cuts of animal, <laughs> then, <Sheepest>. <laughs> then <laughs> okay. with everything going on with vegetarians and yep. vegans and meat-free Monday and the fact that uh-huh. climate change is linked into yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: destroying the planet by eating meat, yeah, pretty much,
1: then yes, you have got a bit of an issue. However, if your position and how you see your job in this world is to help put food on a family's table – suddenly things like faken, I think that's the word, fake,
2: fake, is Um,
1: this can actually come into your concept. So while your crisis might be the world is moving towards more plant-based, your opportunity is I'm not here to put meat on that table. I'm here to be part of a family's food lifestyle. And so you can bring other concepts into it and it makes sense in what you're doing. Absolutely. To me this is what counterintuitive decision making is all about and a lot of it is removing that ego of but this is how it was meant to be. This is how it has always been.
0: That's absolutely the nail on the head right there which is coming into this with this is how it was meant to be because this is what I wanted to do. Um, Builders had this problem in the GFC but but I build these apartment buildings but no one's doing those. No one's putting in plants. So – you might have to change to fit-outs. You might need to change to… Um,
1: Joint ventures with architects. Yeah. There's,
0: or you might be old people's homes. It might be, you know, there's a whole lot of different things. But people were so caught up. But we've been doing that for 20 years and go, great. You had a really good run. Well done. And it's the same here. Like you had a good run. The the, the game's changed. That's the beauty of business. We've reshuffled the deck. We're coming out. Everything's been thrown up. Clients, resources, trends what people will spend on now what once was a normal item might not be might now be a luxury item every business in the world has to recalibrate to the world mm. and this is the this is as an sme or a, a business that you're self-funding at the moment family business if you've got that is what does playing it safe actually mean and giving yourself that opportunity to recalibrate which is well have we been playing it safe Can, uh, do you mind? i just want to step just maybe sidestep for a second <laughs>
1: Nigel, get the buzzer.
0: No, well, <laughs> because we've got a we've got a private equity fund face uh, that basically focuses on transition businesses, people in retirement, people who are um, coming to the end of their their business and want to transition and need to sell. Now, a lot of these businesses aren't set up for sale because they've been family businesses and they're missing technology, they're missing proper management, they're missing strategic plans. So, we've got this that we focus on because that's one of our specialties in terms of being able to help these businesses. One of the common things you see with all of these type of businesses is they've been playing it safe for a decade because they've got to a point where they started feeling successful and then wanted to hold on to that so tightly that they stopped innovating. They stopped doing the things that they wanted, stopped expanding because for the, say it was a family business, there's a perceived risk in continuing to do that because at some stage you want to start reaping the rewards of, of years and years of you know tough work. but. It's a very common thing and the the issue is that fast forward 10 years down the track, you see that everything stopped being upgraded, still a great core business, but they, it, they, could, have been, <laughs> they could have been something else. You could know been I mean?
1: okay, could, <laughs> they could have been
0: champions. They could have been contenders, you know what I mean? But it's it's just really interesting because this is something obviously we're very familiar with, but it's it's so important to not just allow the COVID-19 to be this change in your business. This should be the way you operate generally.
1: Mm. And again, just to jump onto that and a bit of a tangent in real time. So the fund that Tim's discussing obviously is around transition. Now, usually, and this is very generalizing, when people invest in business, it's the dumbbell. So you've got the people at the very early stage of what they're doing, the startups and the scale ups. And then you've got people at the other end who are long running businesses with lots of um, equity behind them and history behind them.
0: Yeah, so if anyone can imagine a dumbbell, it's got the plates on each side whereas a lot of heavy lifting and then it's a really thin bar in between and then some heavy lifting at the end. It's where investors like to be, the very start or the very end.
1: <laughs> so Tim in all of his glorious wisdom goes for the transition business which is get the thin bar in the very <laughs> middle of the dumbbell because <laughs> opportunity. And not 10 minutes ago we had an email sent through to us from one of our glorious mentors with the headline, family-run company filing for bankruptcy under new law protections as they have no one to help them invest. Wow. So.
0: But this, don't don't be that, guys. Don't be that. But this
1: <laughs> idea of counterintuitive <laughs> yeah. decision-making directly from Tim and Philodemo is you need to look at the way that business is operating, that you are operating, and just because it might be the thin part of the bar Doesn't mean it's not a good idea.
0: Absolutely. And and I guess, you know, playing it safe is let's talk about it mentally to start with, which is, well, not that we start, we're halfway (laughs) through and we're ending up this conversation, but a lot of this is around the mentality of being closed to thinking about different things. Because you're you can't just think about survival without where you're going to exit and then what will that mean? There's no point surviving something. There's no, you know, it's no, what's the old saying, You There's no point jumping out of the fry pan into the fire. Is that, is that the same? Yeah. Sorry. I'm-
1: out of the fry pan into the yeah, fire. That, yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty right. So it, that's where I think there's a, a lot of challenges right now for SMEs because they are jumping out of the fry pan into the fire and it, and it might not be right this second but it might be six months where their fate's already sealed and it's, Wanting to just be or get people to be open to just have a look around. It's not going to hurt you to be open to things even though it feels tough right now. It just feels tough to think about that opportunity. It feels tough to ask the question, but what if we could make that work or what if we did do that or what if we did maybe take some investment out of other parts in our business or found investment and put it somewhere else. I'm not talking about investment from just cash. I'm talking about investment in time, thinking about things that we were doing when the world was different that may not suit us now because that's the right thing to do as the leader of your company right now and the difficulty is just energetically it's tough because we get it. It's really tiring at the moment. You're doing your very best and and you should be applauded for that but you have to find that next level.
1: And so from your point of view, if we now bring this back to SMEs and where we're at, Yeah. What is it that they can actually do? So we've got it, we know it's needed, we're excited by this process that we can be innovative. How can they actually bring it into their company on a daily basis or even through a process of planning?
0: Well, I think if it's just you, it's easy because you can just help yourself do it. But if you've got a small team, I think it's first of all, the, the thing you can do is put innovation back into your strategic planning. And if you don't have strategic planning, put in strategic planning. <laughs> Okay, And it can be basic to start with. Here are the five things the company's looking to do in the next quarter, next six months. But make sure there's something in there that has an element of innovation because innovation is also hope. People like to be part of something that's doing something interesting. I know that's a horrible sentence when I just <laughs> listen to that, but I think it makes sense. Really, yeah, people who want to come on this journey – want to be part of something exciting and they want to contribute so unless you can articulate or show that pathway or that show you're even open to it no one wants to sit here and go our goal for the next 12 months is to get back to where we were and then everyone goes yeah it was all right back then anyway so he's actually our goal getting back to when we were a semi okay <laughs> like it's it's sort of a thing you got to have a think about that um Lani, you're big with this one is running experiments yeah, you know, maybe you can talk about this one because I know you love it, and it's 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 absolutely an important ingredient. It's like putting a little bit of salt, just to you know, yeah. I'm a bad cook, but just, <laughs> this is the thing. It's the, the little bit. Maybe it's the topping on top of the ice cream. God, I must be hungry. I'm talking yeah, I about think food. You yeah, are. Sorry, um, I need some lunch.
1: An innovation experiment is okay. You know where you're going, but the way that we get there has to be slightly different. So, for example, I know that we are building machine learning. Okay. I know the correct process because everyone has done the process before, but what I do not know is the correct process for us. So an innovation experiment is to say, I think there's a better way of doing this or a different way of doing this. So I'm going to take one step to the left or to the right, completely planned with a hypothesis, with tracking and do it. And you might only do it for a week. You might do it for a day even but it's that process of trying something internally within your business, not putting external because you protect your brand, but just seeing what happens. Totally. And then um, the podcast last week that you can all still listen to, um, within this it's the people who you surround yourself with while you're doing this because with an experiment some people will freak out and it won't yep. be structured from their point of view and it's just too far. Some people will be really open to it because they're excited by what it could be and so in these experiments you bring in the right people at the right time just to test it with you
0: yeah i i I like that and we've been maybe i'll just share one we've been using for the last couple of weeks internally which is with everything happening in the world right now if we took the premise i want to double the size of our business before the end of the year what would need to happen and when i when i first said that to our staff and then all the clients now had to sign up to that. It was, I don't want to be working with anyone that doesn't think they can double their business by the end of the year. If you're not in that mindset, you need to get out of my way because you're, um, you're sap, you're sucking energy. And for a lot of you listening out there, you might be having an adverse <laughs> reaction to that comment, but it's a mindset to do that. So it's, it's making sure you set that innovation criteria in your business because you have to have everyone with that belief or at least trying to get there because people can kill experiments because they want to be right and that's important. Yeah. If you find those people, we've got to help them understand that don't accept what everyone else accepts. Um, I think the next one we need to probably think about, which is one that should be happening with most businesses, COVID-19 or not, is surveying your clients. you got to talk to them, <laughs> ask them, see how they're going. Talk about them. If you're if you're a you know, professional services business, easy. Bring them up, speak to them. If you're running an an online business or you've got an e-commerce store or something like that, well, incentivize a survey to be put out. I mean, I must have had 10 come into my inbox yesterday. Just the bigger companies doing that, going, That makes sense. They want to cross check how everyone's feeling. We don't have direct contact. So what can you do to get information that would help guide what you need to be doing next? Mm-hmm. So speak to your clients. Yep.
1: And a philatomical example of that was we had feedback from one of our surveys around parking that actually the allotted time of the sessions with the allotted time of the parking was a huge issue for some clients.
2: Yeah.
0: Like something so simple that we would never really bother having a think about about is an easy fix and then suddenly it makes everything easier for the client experience. And if all you get out of your surveys is fixing one thing in the client experience that starts to lead towards the raving fan status.
1: Game changer.
0: Yeah. Just, and that's what we want. We want raving fans. Um, I think the other one is to still be very positive and evaluate any inactivity or evaluate things that aren't working and start asking yourself how can we make them profitable and how can we scale them? Because some things that aren't working is because they're not getting enough love and they're not getting enough attention And they might have 80% of the bits right, but if you can just unlock the last 20%, they can be very, very effective. So it's that, all don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because the world's changed doesn't mean there won't be elements, if not majority of your business still, bloody good. Mm -hmm. But evaluate that because also some of those little bits have shown during these stress tests that they may be the real gold in your business. And you need to ask yourself, what if we only did that? What would it look like? You've got to challenge that thinking. And I think that leads into the last thing is really identifying the parts of your business that need more effort, energy or exploration. The three E's, Alana, <laughs> with an E.
1: For anyone listening, my name is spelled E-L-A-N-A, hence the joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, just overall, Lana, Nigel, I, I think this whole don't reject – The idea of being angry when people tell you this is the worst time to play it safe because it is difficult and we all know, you know, no one knows really what you're going through, but we all know what you're going through. And it's not easy because, you know, it's the right thing to do, but it's very, very difficult to find an extra gear or even know where to start with these things. So even if you just take one of these little ideas, you say, you know, I'm just going to explore that myself. I'm still going to, I'm going to try that. I'm going to grab someone from my team that I knows like that that's in into or or has the energy and innovation to want to try something different just run it past them you don't need to carry this load as the owner or leader by yourself if you're someone here working for a company listening to this challenge the person who owns it go hey i know you got a lot on your plate what if we just tried something what if i took on this little project what if i just took on this and came back to you next week with some ideas everyone can play a part in this and must play a part in this there's every person can contribute And this is the thing, it's not about getting more tired, exhausted and worry. It's about small, small little things, small changes, mental shifts that can really accelerate you to the next level.
2: Can I um, just try out an analogy or a simile? I'm not entirely sure which one uh, I'm going for because I missed a lot of school when I was younger. Uh, Not the best student. But when you were talking earlier about – the throwing a drowning business person a brick with that sentence. Um, It kind of, it's been sitting in the back of my head the whole time, because I think there's maybe some people out there that what you're saying sounds reasonable and sounds like it can happen, but the allure of still, hey, that's the unknown. I know what's back here. Let me struggle to get back there, may still be there. So this analogy about, because we're talking about making decisions which are counterintuitive at the moment. I've always grown up around water. Um, have, has anyone ever been caught in a rip at the beach? Uh, well, if you're Australian, yes, everyone <laughs> I'd imagine. <Yeah. laughs> so that first, when you feel like the, when you first have it, um, that first thing you get is the fear, and then essentially you feel the water trying to pull you out into the ocean. Which, for, even if you've grown up around beaches, the ocean is a scary place because it's an entire world beneath your feet that it can eat you without is, you ever seeing it.
0: This is going to be a good analogy, Nigel, because we can save a lot of people here too that get caught in rips.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but your first instinct when some when the flow of that water or the flow of whatever's happening in your life is to turn your back on it and swim back to the place you know, the beach. Yeah, which is the way to drown, yeah. yeah? Yeah, because that rip has got so much more power than you. Um, but- your whole instinct and I've caught been caught in a couple. So no matter even though I know how to get out of it, you immediately turn back around and try and swim back towards what you know. When the way to get out of it is actually to turn your back on what you know on that beach. Swim with the current, with the power of the whip, and then with the rip and enforce just a little bit of your own direction in it. So you start swimming at an angle out of the rip.
0: Yeah. It's You're um getting- it's a really it's a really great analogy, which is you you
2: don't want to swim
0: into the epicenter of the power pushing towards you because you won't beat it and this yeah. is it's exactly the same as if you're pushing back to where your business was you're swimming against the strongest current which is pushing away from that because you may not physically be able to operate like it doesn't matter how much i want to open my restaurant if i'm not legally allowed to do it i can kick that door open a million times it's not going to make one iota of difference so what does that allow me to do which is your analogy Nigel which is swimming to the side get out of where the epicenter of the power is and work out is there another way to approach this because you'll just tire yourself out
2: it's going to pull you into the unknown but there is always a back end to the rip so you will eventually as long as you don't tire out um, be able to catch a wave back into the beach you won't land at the same spot that you left from you may not know where you're going to land but you will get back there Absolutely, I don't think there could be a more perfect
0: analogy for business owners right now. Is facing the shoreline, pushing as hard as they can in, and it's futile. It's being able to swim to the side. It's about finding different angles. It's about conserving your energy for that sprint when you need to sprint. It's about just this. There's a more sophisticated um, way of approaching business right now, and it's not sophisticated in a Education is sophisticated in where you need to keep your resources or your powder dry, so when your opportunity opens up, you can give it everything you've got. And if, with that analogy, that's when the tide change; you can swim straight in. All you have to do is keep your head above water till then. And that's what I think. It's a really great place to to probably finish up and and um, and something to consider on wherever you're listening to this around the world. Nigel, Lana, thanks again, and um, we'll do it all again tomorrow.
1: See
2: ya. Bye. Way to get out of it is actually to turn your back on what you know on that beach. Swim with the current, with the power of the whip, and then with the rip, and enforce just a little bit of your own direction in it. So you start swimming at an angle out of the rip.
0: Yeah. It's um, getting it's a really it's a really great analogy, which is you, you don't want to swim into the epicenter of the power pushing towards you because you won't beat it and this is it's exactly the same as if you're pushing back to where your business was you're swimming against the strongest current which is pushing away from that because you may not physically be able to operate like doesn't matter how much i want to open my restaurant if i'm not legally allowed to do it i can kick that door open a million times it's not going to make one iota of difference so what does that allow me to do which is your analogy nigel which is swimming to the side get out of where the epicenter of the power is and work out, is there another way to approach this because you'll
2: just tire yourself out. It's going to pull you into the unknown but there is always a back end to the rip. So You will eventually, as long as you don't tire out, um, be able to catch a wave back into the beach. You won't land at the same spot that you left from. You may not know where you're going to land but you will get back there. Absolutely. I don't think there could be a more perfect
0: analogy for business owners right now is facing the shoreline, pushing as hard as they can in and it's futile. It's being able to swim to the side. It's about finding different angles. It's about conserving your energy for that sprint when you need to sprint. It's about just this. Is, there's a more sophisticated um, way of approaching business right now. And it's not sophisticated in a education. It's sophisticated in – where you need to keep your resources or your powder dry, so when your opportunity opens up, you can give it everything you've got. And if, with that analogy, that's when the tide change, you can swim straight in. All you have to do is keep your head above water till then. And that's what I think. It's a really great place to to probably finish up and and, um, and something to consider on wherever you're listening to this around the world. Nigel, Lana, thanks again, and um, we'll do it all again tomorrow.
1: See ya.
2: <laughs> Bye.